Hello, and welcome to Sutra Side Talk, episode 162. I'm your host, Kamran Shushtar, and with me is... James Selig. We are here with... Uh, is it already the end of August coming up, right? It's already... Uh, it's the 21st. We got 21st. like a third of the month ago, just about. Okay. Damn, everything... I feel like it was just 4th of July, like two minutes ago, and now it's already closing in on September, and I have to go to a wedding in like a week and a half. Dude, I... F- I feel like it should be March. I don't know why. This year has been going so fast for me. Oh, no. Yeah, for sure. I, I honestly, I'm like, give me that Hermione time, time turner so I can just kind of go back and be like, please, I don't have apparently enough time for anything. So Dude, You know what? The thing that always pops in my mind of like what I wish I had to like help me multitask better. And it's like weird because it's like such a catch 22 item. Two more arms. Is, no, but the the thing from... Sh- uh, um. Oh god, the Shaolin Showdown uh, show. Oh, the the like the. Uh, it was like a ring that let you split yourself into multiple, like multiple of yes. you. Yes, wasn't that what what's but his it, face had the dude with the propellers, the evil guy? Something like that. It was like, like Jack or something. He yeah, and he like, uh, but the problem is it also like split your intelligence between all of you. So it's just like the more unless you were like really really intelligent or like on top of your oh, shit, that's right. they're just all fucking a bunch idiots. of dumbasses. Yeah, but it was just like. The amount of times where I'm like, damn, if only I could just either not sleep or make a bajillion of me, I could get so much done. Yeah, I remember they did that with the, the villain dude and they did that with the Lemonhead guy. I forget what his name was. Yeah, no, the main character he tried to use it for a bit and he was just like, I could stay up all night eating ice cream and read all the books and play a bunch of video games and still train. I slightly <laughs> have a recollection of that and they were all, yeah, they were just all fucking like idiots. Yeah, yeah, they were all like. <laughs> He got like basically nothing done, dude. I remember that. That show was great. That was a good show. I, I used to really what, what, like that show. Was that on Kids WB or was that on? Uh, I think so. Fox? Yeah. Okay. I wonder if food. I, I, I gotta see God, now, if dude. It's... Kids WB used to be the best. It had like the Batman shows and like yeah, Shaolin Showdown, Pokemon Yu Gi Oh. Dude, they had so many great. things. It had everything there. Yeah, honestly, they, they it was. You'd watch like oh, I'm gonna watch Justice League. And then after Justice League, I get to watch uh, two Pokemon episodes. And I was like, yo, this is the best. I love that they gave two new Pokemon episodes a week sometimes. Like, that was really... I felt it was kind of special. I remember the the first time they did that was, like, one of the weeks, I think, where Charmillion evolved into Charizard. It was the Fossil episode. And I was just mm. like, Saturdays have just improved greatly, and I never expected it to be this good. <laughs> It'll never get better than this. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, this is Sutra Side Talk. We talk what we watch and play, as well as uh, select gaming, movie, TV show news. And this week, uh, we've got both gaming and movie. So I like how I said just it's just singular and movie. Uh, <laughs> Destiny Two. I know we literally just did the uh, Witch Queen Part Two episode, like not that long ago, only like a few weeks ago, if anything. I feel like, but the season of the haunted is wrapping up by the time we release this actually we're putting this out on a tuesday so on that day the new season of is going to start and yeah, it's still insert redacted. name here yeah it's still redacted. yeah we don't know what it is yet and they they're not revealing it until the morning of its launch which is kind of annoying yeah. but when i signed whatever. into destiny this morning or this afternoon it actually had a message saying like Tune in for the reveal of season of the redacted. Yeah, like on Tuesday or whatever. I was like, really? You're because usually they have some sort of reveal video like 
the week before or something like that. They I used think. to. They've been doing it week of now, which is mm. honestly, I don't like it because I just want to know ahead of time just so I can get can all excited. Yeah, I like can that. mentally prepare. I can get excited. And then when we get into it, I could just go right in and play it. Now I'm like, well, now I want to watch it first before I play it. But I'm pretty sure they're putting it out before it starts. And then I don't. They, they fix servers enough where I don't think they get into the point where, you know, on launch day of the new season, uh, it goes like, oh, you're in a queue now because you can't get in or the servers crash because there's too many people or something. Yeah. Because that used to happen a lot. And you're like, oh, I don't get to play until like evening because that's when it's going to happen. So launch day, you only actually get to play for like five hours <laughs> instead of like 24 or whatever. Uh, but yeah, so Destiny 2, we're going to talk about the season of the haunted that just is about to wrap up. Uh, definitely not even close to as long as our last couple of Destiny 2 episodes because we're not talking like a full expansion plus like a 30th anniversary thing plus Season of the Risen. This is just a singular season. It's just like a chapter of Destiny. Basically. Yeah, it will have a lot less talking points, just like four of them, really. And then afterwards, we're actually going to talk the uh, Jordan Peele film Nope, his third film. And before all that, we have news. Uh, we're just covering that Embracer is pretty much going to be doing everything Lord of the Rings related and more so than we had expected. But yeah, we'll get to that in yeah, time. I woke up to that news that morning and I was just like, excuse me, what? Yeah, I was huh? very con- at first. I was like, oh, OK, the games. Yeah. And then I read more and I was like. What? <laughs> I was so shocked because well, we'll, t- we'll talk about it all uh yeah and then uh if we have time we'll see if there's maybe one other thing we could throw in there but uh at the end of the episode you know we'll talk about what's coming up and because i'm we're pretty much i think solid on our next two episodes of what's going to be going on so we'll give you all that information and whatnot but uh ready to jump right in yep and yeah, let's let's just do a five minute timer for this one yeah that's i don't I feel like going too long on it uh yeah so lord of the rings has been not the whole well they bought a bunch of stuff but like the biggest part of it is definitely at least for us this is the lord of the rings rights yeah it's well yeah embracer you know if you guys don't know yet even though we've probably talked about it multiple times embracer is this massive like conglomerate parent company of multiple yeah, formerly different... thq nordic yeah which formerly... is like basically just the company that bought all the thq rights that were available that didn't already get snatched up when that happened yeah they went from like a dev team to a small publisher to now a massive parent company that is just insane in size they they seem just like it seems like almost at least once a month we get a new like embrace group has bought another thing and they're like oh yeah we have hundreds of games in development or something at this point now i'm pretty sure that's yeah. not even a joke like that's actually a thing and it's kind of scary because, you know, you know, you're so focused on Sony or Microsoft has bought so-and-so company. And meanwhile, you're like, oh my God, it's a lot. And it is a lot. But then you look at Embracer and they're just like, sorry. It, yeah, it's there. like Embracer and Tencent are the two ones that you hear of every once in a while. You're just like, oh, I don't like that they're buying everything. Yeah, Tencent's like, oh, we want to get more into, we want to dig into Ubisoft right now. And I'm like, Ooh. yeah i don't know I it's don't already like bad that. enough please don't make this company worse don't do it yeah. uh but yeah embracer they are like i said they're a big company just think uh thq nordic 
you have uh, Gearbox Software, you have Saber Interactive, yeah. which is a publisher, Coke Media, which is a publisher. All these, there's like at least four to like six publishing groups within this parent company. Kind of like- It would take a while to talk about everything that Embracer Group owns or has yeah. a part of. It's, it's ridiculous. And they're doing everything from original games to remasters to remakes of everything. Like they're doing like Destroy All Humans 2 remake coming out right now too. Like that's a whole thing. But uh, the big thing here, like I said, is Lord of the Rings. And- they are trying to, well, they are not trying to, they've acquired the rights to Lord of the Rings. So they don't own Lord of the Rings. Like it's it's not theirs. It's still, you know, the Tolkien Estates and everything else. But what they have gotten are the rights to it via games, which, you know, is expected. That's fine. I didn't yeah. really complain about that really. But then what? Ooh, boy, more games like Gollum, maybe. Well, that's why I'm like, it can't get worse right now. We're getting a fucking Gollum game that no that's one true. wanted nor asked for. I'm probably not going to buy it or even look at it because it's just I don't want to I don't want to play a fucking Gollum stealth game. I just don't. It doesn't sound interesting yeah. to me. And basically all that uh, WB did with the rights was make like the two like Mordor games, which people liked and patented uh, uh, the Nemesis system so no one else could use it. And then they just didn't use it again. Yeah. And so here's the the thing here. So. Uh, they've acquired the Middle Earth Enterprises from Saul Saint Saul Saints Company, and with it, the worldwide rights to motion pictures, video games, board games, merchandising, theme parks, and stage productions relating to the writing parks. of J.R.R. Tolkien. Uh, notice how it's everything but television. So I think yeah, so that uh, Amazon can still keep their shit going. So Amazon still lays claim to television, but otherwise, uh, you're looking at film, which. You know, games expected, and I expect them to hopefully not do some bullshit. But now at the same time, I'm expecting them to potentially do bullshit because of their potential ideas already for this. So let's just think about this. A game company now wants to make movies for Lord of the Rings, and they also want to uh, do like fucking... I don't know if they want to do a theme park. I don't know if they want to do board games or whatever, but they can basically expand and profit off of Tolkien. And, you know, Tolkien is easy to profit off of because that name oh, yeah. sells. I fucking buy a lot of shit. Hell, I want to, I still want to buy fucking Lord of the Rings Monopoly because it's so unique and shit. And. Well, who wouldn't want to own Minas Tirith? <laughs> yeah. And also the fact the little ring moves with you too, and it actually makes the game go shorter, which is kind of crazy too interesting um mm -hmm. if i remember correctly yeah if you rolled like there's a certain die that had the ring on it it would move one space forward and by the time it gets all the way around it's oh. like oh the ring is gonna fall into mount doom and it's destroyed because you know mount doom's like the last uh um owner like the place to, it's like the boardwalk in monopoly it's like the, the most expensive piece so it's like uh it, it's literally monopoly with a time limit which is kind of nice um, oh yeah because oh god that was that is the one reason why I hate playing Monopoly because it could go on for so long. Yeah. So uh, here's the thing. The company is already taking talking about spinoff films starring Gandalf, Aragorn, Gollum, and more. So think about this. It's no. not... Uh, they're also like Galadriel, Eowyn, and other characters from... Uh, so uh, this is... This is what Embracer said. This is a quote from them. Other opportunities include exploring additional movies based on iconic characters such as Gandalf, Aragorn, Gollum, Galadriel, Eowyn, and other characters from the literary works of J.R.R. Tolkien. Embracer said it will also continue to provide new opportunities for fans to explore the fictive uh, world through merchandising and other experiences. Now, you know, we don't really get too much Lord of the Rings. We're getting 
right now simultaneously rings of power and golem the game and neither of which i'm that interesting yeah i'm not i don't care about golem it's just sorry it's just not interesting to me rings of power i'm very very worried about um on whether it's going to be good quality or not so i I just don't know where i stand on it i won't know until i actually watch the the show um which apparently is actually the premiere you could potentially see in the theater and i was like i might do that actually just to see and then if i get angry then i burn out the theater you know it's one of the there you go uh vent some frustration but in a sense, you're like, okay, cool. We could potentially get a lot more Lord of the Rings, which, you know, could sound nice if done correctly. On the other hand, they could go the Marvel route, which, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. It's a bad word to me now. If you say, you know, we want to make it like Marvel. That means like, or Star Wars. Oversaturation to a definitive limit where you're going to be getting like, oh, here's Lord of the Rings. And, you know, when anything Lord of the Rings comes out, it feels very special because it's not something that comes that often. That's why I still, I honestly like Lord of the Rings more than like all those different Disney sub brands like Star Wars and like, yeah, I like Lord of the Rings. Because it hasn't been like milked dry. It hasn't been milked dry. Anything that comes from it because it's just so nicely routinely put out, very like not uncommon to rarely makes it feel that much more special. And even the Hobbit movies, like, Doing three of them felt like one too many yeah. for me. Yeah, no, it was still too much. That was the thing. And the fact that you could try to make a movie with each character, it, it tells me one of two things. One, uh, what I've wanted for them, for just people that are utilizing the properties, because I, I it would never have dawned on me to have more Lord of the Rings movies. I literally don't think there would be anything else. I'm like, okay, it's done. Like, it, Maybe they'll do a Similarion movie. That's about it, but... It would never cross my mind to do anything focusing on the characters we've already gotten in those six other movies. And yeah. like same thing with games. I, I don't think about that. I'm like, oh my God, we have so much to explore. We have all the shit that happens in the North while everything's going on with the War of the Ring. We have all the shit that happens before. We have like areas we just never explored like rune and this like the easterlings and all yeah, this like shit. what the hell are the blue wizards doing yeah I, there's all these different things i've always wanted to see for them to explore because it's it's just stuff that tolkien may not have already even like utilized so it's something that people can create and do more of just not like you know kind of like shadow of war and mordor except uh not like war because that was way too fan fictiony a little bit um yeah like, they made their what own if uh, shelob was a sexy woman what if shelob was a woman and you want to fuck and then also you get the ring that this blue it is also cool ring it is just also silver blue and <laughs> what uh, if you made of... your own one ring so now yeah. there's two one rings you think that one ring so you cool well, check out my one ring your two ring it's my it's so fucking i can't so my one ring is more powerful than your one ring <laughs> uh... god yeah so i don't know what you could do with this because you're going kind of backwards here if you're just doing solo movies on all these other characters yeah that's the thing i don't want them to just like look at every single character and they're like okay you get a movie and you get a movie and you get a movie even looking at the appendices that are in like uh the back of return of the king that has everything like aragorn going fucking insane for a bit and like that gondor civil war that occurs with him and stuff like i get that's the only thing i could see them doing a movie on unless they go like oh it's young strider and shit like yeah that's the thing like i'd love to see like a young aragorn like strider movie maybe or like 
Well, I'd, I'd rather a show, but like. Well, that's so with all these characters, it wouldn't be the stuff during the movie. It would be like before or after. And I'm just like, can you even do that with all of them? Because I, I see that Aragorn is obviously the most capable because of the amount of uh, text that's given about him before and after of like, yeah, he grew up with like Elrond's sons, So he's with the two brothers and they always did like hunting and shit. And there's stuff there you could do. Uh, but more importantly, like I said, the one you could actually do something about is like the Mad King Aragorn that occurs for a bit before he comes back to kind of his senses. And then uh, yeah. Gandalf, there's not really much to do there unless you're doing some weird god shit where you're like, he was born and came to the earth as a wizard. Yeah. The only uh, movie I can think of that would be worthwhile doing is like literally make a movie out of the the very opening scene of the lord of the rings where they show like all the armies of man and elf and dwarf coming to, i don't know if the dwarves were there but like coming together to fight like the forces of mordor and sauron just like destroying everyone like it'd be cool to see a movie where you see like the different peoples like preparing for that battle and then like i don't know if we'll ever even come back but we have to at least try and shit like that I mean, they're more or less kind of doing that with Rings of Power because it sounds like they're going to do the last alliance at a certain yeah. point. Even though we'll see, we'll see how the that time goes. in that fucking it's the timing in that show is so confused. I can't tell when it's supposed to take place. Still, yeah. it's very confusing. I guess just basically, I I can't. I would not want to see Embracer Group try to make like a series of movies based off each individual character in yeah, like because that truly to me would just feel like them trying to ring out every piece of content they can get out of like whatever exists in the in the lore. Yeah, I don't, I don't want it that either. And I mean, that's pretty much it. There's not really any other news on it. We are not going to hear anything probably for a while until they actually have yeah. announcements formally about like, here's what games and movies we're going to do. And here's a, the only thing I could see on the bright side is fucking make some New Zealand Lord of the Rings theme park or something. And I'd be like, oh, fuck. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. Then I, that, that'd be kind of cool. Uh, <laughs> there's like an obstacle course, bring the ring and scale Mount Doom and stuff. And I'd be like, oh, fuck. Yeah, you know, if they made like a Hobbiton, like hotel that'd be awesome <laughs> hotel, yeah uh but yeah that's that's really it uh we're afraid and we don't know what the fuck they're gonna do but that's the news and uh, moving on to the destiny 2 season of the haunted uh kind of review on that and starting off really we'll talk story and then we'll move into kind of like the season itself of just how the season was uh plus uh, solar 3.0 which is the new thing in there and just kind of you know how we're doing how we felt like going through it and everything else and just our recent experiences and whatnot but uh the story was interesting because it just it goes with like uh hey we're back to the moon leviathan's there callus is doing his thing and he's trying to gain control of the pyramid there because he's pretty much becoming a disciple of yeah i really like how they progressed callus's story from like when we first met him is just like one of the only semi-friendly cabal who's just like yeah like come to my leviathan and kill a bunch of shit and, and entertain me i'll give you treasures and stuff and now he's like a weird space fungus that's trying to take over the earth maybe yeah he, he definitely has betrayed us uh, or not betrayed us but he switched he he never switched sides he always showed like hey help me fight like the hive and like other yeah. cabal that are like trying whatever to... serves him basically yeah pretty much and 
he he always knew like the during the season of the opulence he knew the darkness would come and he knew the world would end and he's like i just want to there's insinuations that he's known about like what's out there in the dark since before he even came to the, our, our system because like yeah he ran into it while he was in the leviathan before yeah like before he got control of like steering the leviathan supposedly out there in the dark he witnessed something yeah that changed him forever in, in the lore before like the whole thing was like he wanted you to become his shadow and you two would literally just witness the darkness and the world together and celebrate and like have yeah. feasting and shit and it was just like a weird like okay yeah kind of crazy but all right i think thanks supposedly... for giving us a bunch of treasure yeah unless i'm remembering incorrectly he basically was like i might be able to protect like just me and my friends like possibly maybe yeah maybe you could be one of my friends if you prove yourself to me yeah and you know they bring they brought back the leviathan as a destination to an extent which was really interesting it wasn't huge but it was cool that like they actually brought back uh the leviathan as like a small patrol area yeah and you know we've utilized the leviathan multiple times we utilized it for the uh the raid the leviathan raid we've utilized mm. it for both uh raid layers, raid layers yeah and as well as the season of the opulence um activity that was uh during that season and also yeah. the um crown of sorrow uh raid too uh but the location well, that was one of the raid layers wasn't it no that was the that was another that was the raid that came during season of the opulence during year two. Oh, okay yeah. weird i thought it was a raid layer no and so what they did after that was bring this in and it's not all of that stuff. So it's just specifically locations from the original Leviathan raid. So yeah. you have the Castellum, which is kind of like the open area you have when you come in originally and you're just trying to get into the different areas of the Leviathan. You get that and you get the, you get certain, um, the, the Royal, Royal, Oh my God, the Royal pools and, um, Pleasure Gardens. The garden, for sure. Yeah, Pleasure Gardens, Royal Pools. Uh, you do get to Kallus' like, throne area, where his Robo Kallus would yeah. be there where you fight, but that's only like for part of the beginning of the story, and then you don't really come back to that area. It's just kind of like a brief thing you actually see. There's also like the different Severance missions that have you like rooting around the underbelly of the Leviathan. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's it's cool, honestly, to see it come back again. And story-wise, for sure. it was actually really cool. I, I really like the... Um, what would you call it? The progression you get here because it's focusing on Zavala, Crow, and Keitel, and it's giving you a lot of backstory. Yeah, I loved learning about these characters a lot. I mean, like Crow, we didn't really learn too much new. It's just like it's just him dealing with all the bullshit he's been dealing with since yeah. uh, season of the Lost, and like the guilt of like knowing he used to be Aldrin, which like so many people hate. Yeah, and. I think, I guess, starting off the crow, the cool thing about this is they're growing crow as a character and progressing his story season by season a lot since we've gotten, um, really since, what was it, Shadowkeep? No, Beyond Light. It was Beyond Light. Yeah. Uh, since Beyond Light, almost, almost every season, we've gotten more and more of him first. It was just him learning to become a guardian. Then it was him learning to be part of the Vanguard, not as the Hunter Vanguard, but just like learning part of it and then now coming to learn about Aldrin and in this season coming to terms with 
uh, his memories of Aldrin and kind of knowing who he was and everything else, and now utilizing it to his advantage, where it's like I'm I'm still me, but now I know who I was before, and I'm going yeah. to utilize like, that. I can learn from my past mistakes, and yeah. I don't have to be that person. And even Aldrin is like, and don't you could also still do you know the good things I did and stuff. Yeah, because like, he wasn't not, all bad. He basically was like, I not everything I did was bad. Yeah. Yeah. So. You see them kind of merge together more or less. And then, because uh, the whole thing about this was like the, the cool thing that Eris did with like that ritual that connects them with all these different ghosts and stuff. And we learned that other characters have uh, these haunting ghosts too. And, you know, Eris already went through it in Shadowkeep. Like she already dealt with that. And I yeah. love the fact that the Leviathan is over Earth or over the moon right now, just kind of like doing this thing. And it's more like, Moon's haunted again, y'all. Let's go back. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta deal with this shit again. Fucking ghosts and stuff. But uh, Zavala, I, I do love that. Uh, yeah. Because like the whole point of the ritual was like they, I think it was like Eris was worried that Callus uh, was trying to commune with the pyramid. Yeah, and like figure out what the phantoms are so he could use it against us. Because like the whole point of those is that they seem to mimic the things that we most fear or most regret and stuff like that like it basically whatever would cut the deepest that's what it shows you yeah and so eris was like okay well how i've been studying the crown of sorrows i've been studying the the pyramid for a while maybe i can bind us to these phantoms so that if we can figure out how to reverse it in a, in a way, we can overcome these phantoms and maybe we can use them against Callus instead. Yeah. And the cool thing, too, is that Eris is kind of pushing boundaries here by taking control of the Crown of Sorrow, where she's like, she's oh, definitely kind of like the that. mad scientist type that's like, I'm, I have no fear of at least trying to use this dangerous shit because if we get it right, it could be helpful. Yeah. And she's like, uh, we have a new witch and she's referring to herself and it's just like, oh shit, we saw the dark future. This is interesting. And that's what makes it so nerve uh, nerve wracking is like she yeah. in the dark future, Eris is literally like the biggest bad guy. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Sabathine is in our, is her underling, which is horrifying. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, we're going to see exactly what that's going to do, I guess in the next couple seasons, maybe who knows? I think we'll know by lightfall if anything, but uh yeah we have like two, what, two more seasons before lightfall at this point yeah two more seasons yeah we're like halfway through the four seasons yeah so zavala has uh safia who is his former wife it was very interesting that was interesting to find out that he was even married and had like an adopted kid too yeah and the cool thing about it too was the fact that it was trying to show like all this real shit that can happen with real people where they had a kid, they lost the kid, he died to Fallen, and, you know, when you lose a kid, it can ruin a marriage, and it did for them, and she actually, like, left Zavala, and, or they, they ended it mutually, but she left, got married, and had another, and actually had a kid, and then they died, because yeah. Zavala lives for a much longer period of time. That was such did. a sad, like, that, that was one of the um, animated, like, videos they did in, like, the mid-season that they've been doing. Where he talks about how, yeah, like what you just said, he like he had a wife and he had a child and like the the kid tried to be like Zavala and he died in battle and the and Zavala 
he blamed himself and Sophia was like, she didn't blame him because like, what are you going to do? Like control your son forever? He has like survivor's guilt anyway too at this yeah. point. Like he's outliving all he's the like, people he loves. That was the saddest thing is he's like literally never forgiven himself for what happened to his son that he had with Sophia for literally generations because he keeps going to her grave and her children's graves like asking for forgiveness from every one of the generations and it's just like damn dude that's fucking sad that you've been holding that grief for literally like possibly a century at this point at least yeah and you know by the the cool thing about this is by the end of this season you like or the end of the story here it's them coming to terms and kind of progressing as characters yeah. of like he's getting he's getting over that now he's forgiving himself and crow is coming to terms with being Aldrin uh, at the same time and then keitel her thing was gall which was very interesting it was super interesting because she talked about gall like a hero and we've only ever seen him as like the guy who like murdered so many people in the city to try to steal the light and her whole thing was, is she measuring up to him correctly? And he's like, you're yeah. a disgrace. You're looking at what you're doing with them. And she's like, yeah, you fucking die. Look what you did. Like, you yeah, know, like the, the cabal used to bow to no one now. And now you like break bread with our enemies at this like vanguard table. Like what is wrong with you? Yeah. And she's like, you know, we lost our home and all this shit. She gives honestly valid explanations very easily. And I'm like, yeah, it's mm-hmm. called not dying. <laughs> it makes sense. Survival is the key yeah, thing Yeah, but it, I can understand though that like, to her it's not upbringing. their way. Yeah, that's the thing. She's, like, she's literally had to basically betray everything that the Cabal used to be for like generations and generations of just conquerors. And she is trying a different path, which is diplomacy. And it's like literally trying to undo generations of expectations is difficult. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, you know, they were really cool. The missions themselves, I, I liked a lot. Uh, the way they go through the seven missions. Each mission, it's like six story missions uh, going through there. And each character has two missions. And the first mission is them losing. It's always them losing. Yeah. The second mission is them coming back, kind of refined and understanding why they lost and fixing it and coming to terms with their with their ghosts. Like, open it, like they have their closet of skeletons and they take care of it. They clean it out. Then you get like a final one where it's all three together and you get like the full farewell with like all their spirits. Yeah. And I do like that, you know, these spirits are, these ghosts are like heckling them. They're fucking with them the it whole time. Interesting to see like once they successfully completed their like severance ritual, the phantoms turned from like creepy red shadows to like just full on like luminous ghosts. Yeah. And they talk a lot more like, positively like yeah. if you do the we'll talk about it in a bit but when you do the um containment mission the containment activity in the leviathan uh sometimes you'd actually hear them talk and stuff and it was yeah, funny because there's, there's a weird conversation between the ghost of safia and the ghost of gaul and then aldrin's like i'm sure you two are great at parties because <laughs> <laughs> he just sounds so fucking weird and you're like oh this is it's just three good ghosts talking to each other and it doesn't it's so you're like, wait, so are they alive? Are they are they ghosts? Like, what's happening? Why am I listening to them on my comms? I don't understand what's yeah, going on right now. Yeah, it's interesting because, like, uh, Eris mentioned, like, no, 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 these aren't really ghosts. They're just reflections that the uh, the the, um, the pyramid is sending out. And, like, 
but they're basically just ghosts. Yeah. More or less. <laughs> like they remember everything. Uh, the cool thing too is, you know, the story itself, I liked it. Like I said, the, the, the length has been interesting for a lot of these things now. Cause it feels like they've, they've this one felt it. a lot longer than the last one. Well, they also, I feel like also though, they've been lowering the story. Has it always been like seven weeks of story? Is, uh... is that what we've been getting this whole time? I can't tell. I think it's like varied for each season because like I, I feel like it sworn... used to be like ten. Yeah, no. Usually it goes up to ten, and then like the last two weeks are for like clearing stuff up, basically. Yeah. Like what, whatever bounties and not bounties, but uh, whatever challenges you haven't done. But yeah, I feel like yeah it's been for different now. like the but like last season we seemed to only get like six weeks worth of stuff. And yeah. And like the rest of the season was just like finish your grinding I well guess. like i said it was seven because the seventh one is like the final conclusion mission right right um yeah it was seven yeah, this, out of twelve this season definitely felt longer because it had like the six in the six missions you had to do they like, plus the extra ones so i guess seven yeah yeah and then um you get other characters get the ghosts as well but they don't necessarily stick with them like um you learn Ikora and Mithrax also get ghosts. Ikora's is actually Cade. And because it's Cade, she just turns the ship around and doesn't go to Leviathan. She's like, I'm going back. Oh, home. no. <laughs> it's a whole thing. Because the whole thing is like, she doesn't have to deal with it, but it's Cade straight up just like, oh, so you, you know, you, I see you're hanging out with my murderer now. That's great. Uh, and then yeah. uh, Mithrax is like, I think the fallen that he kind of killed throughout his life when he was in house of light back when he was still i guess more brutal if anything do it I mean, right. more when he was more of a traditional fallen where you know they do docking and all this other shit so like yeah. those are the ones haunting him and then we get callus callus is ironically enough keitel uh is his ghost interesting you learn all about it in the duality dungeon which uh she is actually his final uh she's the, the ghost of the the dark keitel is the uh boss of the um you get uh, Keitel and uh, the other one being Galron. Galron comes back too. Uh, for he's like the midway boss, and it's like the it's not big Galron. It's like remember the mini Galrons during the raid. No. During the Kranosara raid. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Okay. So the, it would be the mini Galron. You'd be fighting the mini Galrons, and then you'd fight, that would be the halfway boss, and then the second boss is the Keitel ghost. So that was. It was, it's very the duality dungeon i think was really well done uh in terms of kind of puzzlement because you're going through and it does kind of dual uh versions of the world so you'll go through one area and you're kind of stuck at this spot but you see a bell in the distance and you shoot it and it turns it into the ghost realm like it's all like the reddish Interesting. shit and that's how you progress through that portion of the leviathan kind of learning through everything and then uh you it gets kind of raidish honestly in terms of what you're doing like you have to like uh when you get into like some of the boss phases it's like uh oh in order to do damage you have to get banners from scions in order to get the signs you have to like get into these certain rooms uh and have one person hit the bells so you can like switch between the different well, i like, think that's what's worlds. so cool about the dungeons in general is that they feel like just like mini raids yeah and well this one feels just more in terms of like the raid puzzle style, it felt more in that line compared to mm. like previous dungeons. Because uh, other dungeons, you know, you're just shooting and going through. You know, some t I think like what was the last? The last dungeon was the 30th anniversary one, and 
when you go through it, like, you know, you're shooting the fucking, the, the biggest, closest thing to a puzzle is the servitor cannon launch. When you kill the servitor and you, like, launch it towards the, uh, um, that giant ship that you're trying to get into. Uh, but it's not really that much of a puzzle. Whereas this one, it's like you straight up have to die and keep trying over and over if you haven't done it before to figure it out or watch a video. Otherwise, you're like, how do I do this? Like, how does this mm. work? Uh, so I thought that was pretty clever. And I'm glad they put this out. And I, I do like that you do feel like this is a much more intelligent dungeon. And, you know, I think we've talked about it before because we know like the next season we're getting King's Fall or Wrath of the Machine, but I'm pretty sure it's me King's Fall. And yeah, everyone knows it's not going to be, be it's not going to be Dark Below. Uh, or uh, so funny. Crota's End, that's what it was called. Uh, but it, it, a lot of people talk about it, and it's like Crota's End would be a good dungeon. Um, I don't I, think I, it I needs to be... I have about that, too. Yeah, they yeah. could, like they could that, just put that as a dungeon, and I think that'd be fine. I think mostly that's funny, because like by the end of Destiny 1, people were able to speedrun uh, Dark Below, or crota's end like so fast that it was basically like a strike <laughs> yeah that's yeah and then we have the uh, leviathan as itself as an area and you have the containment event which isn't bad it's it's like uh instead of doing the psyops battleground or the um what was the one before that the season of the uh lost one i forget what it's called but you know, they, they have all these different events that are either like three to six players and it's like a full activity. Whereas the containment event in the Leviathan is more like a public event. It's just yeah. a public event you enter in. It's more akin to that of the Blind Well and the uh, Altars of Sorrow. I was going to say it's closest to the uh, Altars of Sorrow specifically because you're dealing with like nightmares yeah and it it even has like the same kind of um like kill enough nightmares to build up like a meter kind of thing yeah there's like a whole time limit and everything else so, like yeah. it doesn't it's not one that goes like heroic but there's three tiers to it and you go through and like by the third one like you get extra rewards and one of them is like a special like um essence that you can take into a sever mission and get even more rewards in the sever mission if you have it so I would actually grind that until I got one of those and then go into a, so another uh, another sever mission just so I could get the max rewards. Uh, At least it didn't take too much grinding to get one of those like dread cores or whatever they were called. So the thing was like the, the, if the activity itself isn't bad. It's actually enjoyable. I liked it. The only yeah, annoying thing was that they, I guess, getting into the seasonal challenge uh, set list for the season itself. Uh, they they try to force you to grind the hell out of it. Now, you know, I think we've covered everything in terms of activity for the season. Like, we're not trying to go super, super crazy, but, like, um, in the seasonal challenges, there's a lot of them that are like, oh, keep doing, just keep clearing that event, that public event. Yeah, one of them was, like, do it, like, ten times. Or specifically do, like, the third tier, like, ten times. And that's like some of those but like there was one that was space basically saying like oh just keep doing this event and you look at the percentage for it and it goes incredibly slowly it, it felt like you're barely making progress with each completion and then you think oh am i i'm almost done with it right cool and then you go through further in the weeks and there's a two of that one and then a three so 
You have three sets of that, and it's like they make progress each time. So if you finish the first one, that same amount of progress is in the second and third one, but obviously it's a lot less in terms of the percentage because it wants even more. And it's like you had to play a lot throughout the entire season. So if you missed like part of the season and you're coming in later, uh, like I did, because I took actually a good amount of time off this time. Yeah, I spent, I wasted, I don't want to say wasted, but I spent so much time playing other shit like recently. Like I started playing Cyberpunk recently. I dropped that to play this, the just the story content for this season, like before that went away, which apparently it's not going away, but at least I finished the season content for now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, I figured where I was going with that. Uh, I guess continue. So what I didn't like about it was, you know, you do this season pass or you get the deluxe edition with the expansion and it gives you all four seasons and everything else. But you paid money for these like season passes and you're going through and doing these seasonal challenges and the challenges are some are really stupid challenging. And I think this is out of the all the seasons we've had so far with these challenge lists. This is probably the worst one we've ever had because of how much grinding it forces you to do compared to others. Yeah, I didn't even try. I was just like, I want to get the story done. And that's all that I care about. And I, I did a bunch and I look at it at the end and I'm like, dude, I didn't even make a dent in some of these. It was like ridiculous how many they want you to do that for. And it's not even just the like um, the the waves for the containment. It's like, oh, vestiges of dread, which is like the, the currency of this season that you try to do. That mm-hmm. one is like forever. And there's like a couple more, but they're just like ridiculous. And some even like were tied to the story uh, where it's like, you know, the first seven weeks, it's like complete this story, like story number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And it's also like there's one other bullet point down there and it's like also do this. And some of them were fine. Others, it felt like it was just the same thing where it's like, why is this so grindy? Like, why, why are you making me do all this extra amount? And this is definitely the season where I felt like um, if I had stuck in it and I didn't take like a 10 week break, I would actually feel like exhausted from I because I won't lie, which we fucking fatigued the shit out of me. I, I spent so much time doing everything as much as I could in that expansion and season of the Risen simultaneously uh, that by the end of it, I'm like, OK, you know, I'm tired and Risen uh, uh, season of the Haunted comes and I'm like fuck like i i need a break i'm gonna go play some hunt and cycle instead and if i didn't do that i and i did this whole season non-stop i would have been i would have been done like it almost makes me wonder like should they not start a new i mean how i don't know how they would do this i guess because it's like they have a schedule going now but like do you think it's bad that they release a a new season with like a new expansion every time because it always feels like no, I think There's it's now fine. two different things that you have to like focus on. I think it's okay, especially like the, the expansion's not going anywhere. At least for no, that, three fair. years, it's yeah. not going to go anywhere. You never know. That's true. You don't have to rush for that. Bye Forsaken. Uh, maybe Shadow Keep's going to be gone after yeah. this year. I'm not yeah. too sure. When That's Life, so sad. When Lightfall comes, I'm like, I, I bet they'll be like, Shadow Keep's gone. Fuck you. It'll be like, oh, yeah. damn. We took Europa away this time. A new light player comes in. Yeah, start the story with Beyond Light. What the fuck is happening? Who is this? Who is that? what's who's who's fucking uh oh yeah they they won't even they won't even get it why is there a giant robot head uh but yeah it's it's way too grindy this season and i really hope they didn't do that for the upcoming season because i 
I mean, this time, this season coming up, I'm going to be a lot more in it. Um, I did appreciate because I didn't, I said I wouldn't guild any seals this season either. I, I was taking a break off of all that stuff too. And I didn't for the most part. I just guilded Dredgen because I, I happened to return the week of like a double infamy week. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck it. And I like got everything done for it. Um, but I did like that for at least that one. I don't know if they've fixed other uh, seals because I, I did notice that they had introduced a lot more now. But uh, the gilding for Dredgen has been improved where it used to be like, oh, get 50 wins in the season. And now it's gone down to 30. And I'm like, that actually... That's not bad. That's, that's not too, a that's lot better. That, that they, in, they decreased 40% of how many wins you would need. Because you would be grinding a while because you're, you're like, you have to win every single time and you're not guaranteed to win every single time. In fact, sometimes maybe you're even losing more than you're winning. And it's like, dude, imagine how much time you're putting in just to get a fucking little, like, special colored dredge and seal. They, yeah. It, it's it's killer. Like at uh, a certain point, you you got you kind of ask yourself, like, is this worth my time? Yeah. And they've changed everything else now, too. Like, uh, Crucible instead is being broken up where uh, they're going to have a new seal for Crucible, but also... Uh, Iron Banner is its own seal now, and it has its own, like, I think, gilding as well. Uh, they have a... They are making... You know, we already knew there were seals for, like, you know, Moments of Triumph, but now they're going to do seals, it seems like, for every special holiday. And along with that, they are also doing a kind of, like, gilding for all the seasons where it's, like, the year thing, where it's like, oh, did you do Season of the Lost? Did you do... Uh, I mean, Festival of the Lost, Solstice, uh, what do you call it? Uh, the Dawning and uh, Guardian Games. If you do all four, then you get another seal. And it's like, but you have to do all four. And I'm like, oh, I did not finish. I forget which one I didn't finish. I think it was Guardian Games. I, I barely touched it. And I was like, yeah, same. Well, I'm not getting this seal now, apparently, because I missed it for this year. So they are really like increasing the seals to also make you want to, I guess, do more of the events that they have going on. Um, or I guess give you something extra besides that. Cause they're like, you know, everything should give you something, I guess. Um, but aside from that, uh, I think everything else went well. They introduced to a solar 3.0, which I figured they would like, we already knew like, yeah. you know, we got void 3.0 during Witch queen, which, I don't think it was for necessarily Witch Queen. I think it was for Season of the Risen. And just yeah. like we're going to get Arc 3.0 next week. Yeah, people uh, are losing their minds over that. <laughs> yeah, and you know, that means like Lightfall will get the second Darkness class, which I'm excited about. And then I guess Final Shape will get the final one. So I, I kind of see like how they've been doing that. Because, you know, they said they delay all the Darkness subclasses for the 3.0 versions of all of the... Uh, light subclasses uh, which i have been appreciating and i did like uh i did yeah. like solar a lot how did you like solar i liked a lot of the changes like i did not get to the point where i bought like i i mentioned earlier i jumped into the season super late so i just focused on getting through the story missions as fast as possible and i, I literally just finished the last one today uh so i have not bought all the like aspects or or whatever uh, from ikora yet so I haven't gotten to play around with everything, but the two things that I did get to play around with that are definitely new that I thought was really interesting that they added was like, they added this whole like ignition um, mechanic where 
certain abilities can just set enemies on fire and yes. if you stack enough of that they just straight up explode which that was super fun to mess around with i like, really enjoyed bu- that a lot building a build that can do that and like then also there's even other aspects and fragments that give you like bonuses for igniting things and stuff like that so that's super fun to play with and then like um just like for uh, void 2.0 they add or 3.0 uh they added like a secondary melee for it i'm assuming for everyone but like at least for the uh titan we got this cool like if you slide before throwing your hammer or doing the melee you'll do like a like swing your hammer up and like like a basically like a like a fiery uppercut and then if you hit the button again before like that animation stops your guy like brings down the hammer again and it does this like cool shock wave like out in front of you it's like super fun and it's also really cool because it was like it gave you a choice of like do you want to keep your hammer by like you know using your throwing hammer or do you want to like waste the charge that you might not get back like if you were using the throwing hammer but you can set a shit ton of enemies on fire so I thought that was super fun to play with so I honestly like I griped when they just put out void 3.0 and i was like why didn't they just update all of them it feels like they've actually been putting a lot more thought into how to not just like make the current abilities and stuff work with like the grid style of like uh, that they introduced for um the for stasis they're literally just like how how can we improve on this and make it better for each one of these subclasses i think so you said like it was the melee for the titan right that was like a special mm-hmm. new inclusion i don't know if it's different like i only played my hunter this season uh, i made sure like which queen i was doing all three and i fucking killed myself inside yeah, that's probably why that. you had so burnt out <laughs> yeah so i'm like i'm just sticking with my hunter for now um it was straight up like uh a grenade for me um interesting so you build up and you know i have my uh scatter grenade at for the solar one where it's like you know you throw it and it's like standing there and they get in proximity all the like the little pieces start coming towards them and blowing up yeah. on them but at a certain point there's a buildup and you get a new grenade over it instead so like it doesn't actually take away from your charge of your regular grenade it's just an extra one and it's this crazy like stick grenade and it is like massive explosion like it's not super power but it's like much more powerful much more powerful than your other abilities uh, where you stick it on something and there's a good chance it'll take a good chunk out of like a yellow bar and then uh, it'll kill like a crowd of regulars and it could badly damage like a major uh, easily. It, it's it's pretty like an orange bar would be gone in a heartbeat with this thing. Um, it's it's really strong. I forget what it's called, but it's like it's like the whole gamble aspect there uh, where it shows like gamblers, whatever, and it fills up and that thing will pop up it'll disappear if you do die and you have to build it up again but it comes very often where i'm like oh my god this thing is fantastic how strong it is because it gives me some extra little thing where i don't even necessarily need to use my super on things anymore because i got this guy and i can save my super for something else if necessary so i really appreciate that i do love the aspects like uh, i've been running and wanted to pull it up just to double check and see what i've been using like for aspects i've been using like knock them down and gunpowder gamble which is the gum i think gunpowder gamble is what gives you the grenade uh mm. and then uh fragments i've been using is ember of beams ember of combustion and ember of singeing 
uh, a lot of that. And, you know, if you look at your artifact this time, it's very solar oriented as well, uh, which has been pretty cool. Just like I think there was yeah. one I used a lot. I forget what it was called, but it's pretty much like uh, uh, when you use solar abilities, it'll automatically heal you, uh, which I liked a lot. Uh, it, it's similar in that of like the void one where if you like melee killed someone, you'd get he healed. And that was like the whole thing of like during Witch Queen, you'd run in with a glaive <laughs> and get all this damage being hit on you, but you just keep mailing everyone. So you kept healing while dying at the same time. And you're uh. like, this is a never ending story, bitch. Uh, where, you know, the solar one isn't necessarily like that. And you don't have the vanishing like you would normally with the void, but just using that ability heals you is a very nice nice touch there especially when you're getting into the harder elements of the season uh so i did appreciate that a lot and i think i honestly don't have any complaints on solo 3.0 no i thought it was really fun for sure yeah uh otherwise um the season was fun like i said just uh in terms of the seasonal challenges way too grindy in terms of the story really great uh for the new aspects that they introduced to it i really liked a lot and I realized like there is a certain amount now I, I can visibly see that I haven't done for Witch Queen, Season of the Risen, and now Season of the Haunted. So I do want to kind of like make a, a a queue of like things I want to get done in during the span of like the new upcoming season now that I'll be more active again. Um, right. Uh, but I do know, at least with this new season, you know, we're getting Arc 3.0, which is going to be great, especially with the fact that, you know, I'm, I'll eventually, I'll pretty much very fast run to Ikora and buy all the grenades and fragments off of her uh, for my hunter. And then um, I'm very curious what the next season is going to be about. And obviously now yeah. these predictions won't really mean much of a difference, but uh, what, do you have any idea of what, what, what you think it could be about? Like, person. I had honestly, I had no idea because I was not expecting even this season to go back to like the Phantom storyline, uh, let alone to have like Callus be like the main villain and he's like just like a fungus thing now. <laughs> but, uh, like, one thing that intrigues me was like the, one of the last things that Eris says to you in the season when you like finish the last like story mission is like that you know, the witness is coming and like the end is nigh. Like she, she seems to be under the impression that the, the witness is way closer than like we, that than she's comfortable with, I guess. So I don't know if maybe next season we'll start to see hints at like maybe the next disciple that we'll be dealing with or what, but like, I think it'd be way too soon to actually introduce like the witness for real. And especially in like, a season i think that would be definitely something for like lightfall or whatever um did vault of glass come during season of the splicer season of the splicer oh man uh i think that so. was the it's been a while i think that's when it came because i'm thinking like yo if king's fall is coming out wouldn't this one then be hive oriented potentially maybe that's possible or taken because there's taken still oriented. there's still some zivu or roth stuff like that's like they're they see her roth's uh forces are still around so that yeah. that problem isn't taken care of that's I'm what like, i think it, it might be about is her because i mean when you think about it when you look at the fucking leviathan you had scorn and cabal just working together trying to kill you and you're like yeah. oh this is <laughs> kind of weird Also, like savathun could come back eventually as well because like her well, ghost is still out there we have her corpse but like if her ghost ever gets back to her corpse like he could bring her back i think 
I'm I'm seeing one of two potentials. Uh, potential number one, Aramis finally comes back, and we're dealing with the Dark Fallen. I would be cool with that. I think it's either House of Salvation and Aramis, or we're getting Siva Wrath and Morhive. Uh, one of the two. But those are my I think predictions. Those are both good bets. Yeah. Um, and I, I, you know, when you look at the Helm, you know, before Witch Queen, we had in one branch the Elixni, the other branch had the Ewokin. Uh Now we have the Cabal in one and the other. Mm-hmm. I'm very curious to see who it's going to be there because, you know, who knows what it's going to be. I don't think we're going to get Savathun back just yet because I think when Savathun does come back, she'll be on our side. Um, just assuming that she'll be like, oh, fuck, yeah. the Traveler was going to make us. Like it was the, the traveler was going to come here and we got fucked over by the darkness. I hate the darkness even more now. Um, but you know, I think that'll start off being like either we locate or Amaru comes to us, one of the two, and then that's how Savathun gets brought back. But that could also be not until Lightfall, maybe. I'm not too sure, like the season before Lightfall. Yeah. But I don't think it's going to be this coming season. I think it's either going to be Aramis or Sibu Wrath. Um. But yeah, I gotta. I got a lot to figure out, and then um, I still don't know if I'll guild this season either, but at least I'll try to keep up with the story and seasonal challenges of anything, but yeah. yeah. I'll All try right. to be more active about like at least doing each story thing each week. I mean, week. my stuff is but... just like little loose ends that I need to do. Yours is like, I haven't done this raid or dungeon yet. And yeah, I'm like, there's like the so fuck? many things, but like, uh, it's crazy. And I keep telling you, you just gotta, you gotta make that. You gotta I know, make that. I just need to make time and I just, I just never proactive. feel like doing it. <laughs> yeah. But all right, uh, I think that's everything for Destiny 2's Season of the Haunted. Anything else? I think we're no, good. I think we're, I think we're good. All right. Uh, let's jump right into the film Nope, directed by Jordan Peele then. Uh, this movie, I I enjoyed this movie a lot. This was a very unique film, just like Jordan Peele's other two films. Yeah. Uh, I really appreciate the style this guy has really been putting into his films because they are, I think, what I want to car uh, what I want to call um, smart horror is what I want to call these movies because. You know, you watch slashers and all this other shit, usually something with, like, a white girl that's trying to run from something. And it always feels fucking stupid because you're literally shouting at the screen going, why would you do that? That's so stupid. Like, don't do that. That doesn't make any sense. Like, and you go, well, they're in a horror movie. And you're like, and? Are they supposed to be stupid? Is that the point here? Whereas in Peele's films, it really does feel like the characters that are getting taken out by whatever are actually trying and there's a specific reason of why they get taken out the way they are and those that do survive you see them actually doing smart things and it doesn't feel like anyone's making really stupid decisions unless there's like a big motive like um uh is it steve ewan is that his name i have to double check the uh, actor but yeah. he owns the the one that is basically commuting with the alien more or less well, and well there's also the tmz guy who straight up like as he's like potentially dying on uh, the yeah, ground he, he was like, i mean he was like a dumb white guy he's just like wait before you help take a picture of me <laughs> it'll that look was, great that was so stupid oh uh, my god but it was um you find him yeah steve ewan was uh ricky park and his whole thing was like more or less greed of like capitalizing on the alien his plan was yeah to make a show off of like there's alien like alien visitors coming to see us check it out 
And the whole thing, uh, when you think about it, like when you, obviously you guys were spoiling the show of this movie. If you haven't seen it yet, go yeah, stop. Sorry, probably go watch it or beforehand. skip ahead. One of the two. Uh, every single time the ship comes back, if you listen, you can hear, you look and see like the what's going on at the uh, the little Western town when they're doing the show. You see the light off there and then you see it go back on, but you, you hear the people also screaming like, oh my God, he's been doing that show multiple times. Is that what the screaming sound was? I yeah, thought people that freaking was the out horses and, making that noise. Well, to a, to a certain extent, yeah, because uh, it would be both. Like, it would be like, oh, shit. And then you hear the horse screaming because he kept buying the horses. And you're like, where are the horses going? He kept feeding the horses to oh, that alien. Oh, I it didn't was even the whole, think of that. Yeah, it was the whole thing of he was trying to more or less domesticate it to an extent or think he could train or it. He, yeah, he thought he could control it. Which was the most ironic thing considering his flashbacks of the literal the, chimp out the, the monkey chimp. losing its mind and like murdering like at least several people and like horribly disfiguring that, that one la- yeah yeah she survived to an extent and then got eaten by an alien after so <laughs> it's i survived the monkey attack a fucking alien <laughs> yeah oh god that, that must have sucked though if you really think about that you survive a monkey and then a fucking alien eats you <laughs> god yeah like i mentioned crazy. a couple weeks ago or maybe last week when we were recording we we were like we might talk about no but that like this movie does an interesting job of like being kind of what you expected it to be but also not what you expected yes because like it's like all the trailers are like here's the alien spaceship and you're just like oh shit i guess it's about aliens and then it's like that one shot in the trailer where like it seems like there's an alien coming around like the corner of the like the horse stall or whatever and you're just like oh shit i wonder what they look like and then you get to that scene and it's like it's just a bunch of kids fucking with them uh, with like one of the main characters and it's just like oh interesting okay so so that's not what the aliens look like then yeah and when you finally get to the the final revelation that it's like it's not a ship it's just like a weird giant space animal that just like made its way to earth and is trying to find food. And just I was eating. just like, yep. And I was just like, that's so interesting. And like, it even has the thing where it like has like a tractor beam that like pulls people up. And it's like, that's just how it eats. That's, yeah. it's not abducting people. It's just how it eats. It's like, he, it's a so full, interesting. And I never would have thought about something like this. It's amazing for the sheer fact that it is a full reinvention of the classic UFO mm-hmm. ship. Your flying saucer, and it's like, what if your flying saucer it has maintained all of its aspects in terms of form, of what it does, but instead of being the ship for a bunch of alien people coming down, it, it in and of itself is a living, yeah. breathing creature. What if we just from like space or from another planet? Yeah. What if we just totally misunderstood what we were seeing this entire time? It's. Uh, it, it was so fucking cool the way because it's so smart. Like I said, it's it you never think of this. I would never in my entire life have even fathomed the idea of what if the UFO is a, just flying. Exactly. Animal. Yeah. And, and it's you're just like, like, so that's why what? I'm like, so it is alien, but it's just not aliens. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a giant ship that's like, I'm hungry. And this film and then is when it very, like opens yeah. up and it transforms and it's like got like a jellyfish looking form to it it's, it's like a like, space jellyfish yeah it's, it's so like a, interesting it's like it looks like it's just like a bunch of flying like sheets 
it's so interesting and different even when you see it's like insides with its throat and stuff and you see how it eats yeah. people it does not it just looks like a weird inside of a machine and you don't think about it and you're mm-hmm. like that that is a creature isn't that crazy it's literally like what let's think of an alien life form that is so different to anything you could have ever thought of before but it's also still familiar somehow it makes things so much more horrifying because it goes from oh shit i'm being abducted by an alien and you're like oh what's gonna happen are they gonna probe me are they gonna do all this weird shit uh but it gives you that hopeful opportunity that uh, that hopeful optimism of well Maybe there's a back chance home. <laughs> i can get back home i could communicate with them i i can get the fuck out no, dude, you're going into a fucking stomach and being digested. You're going to fucking die. Yeah. And you're like, going to die like in a group of people that are going like, I don't know what's happening. Oh, I just got digested. Yeah, I was dead. not expecting when the the whole like the show of people or like the audience of people at the show got abducted. And it just like shows you what happened is like the gut sucked up and like moved through all these like weird compartments and stuff. And you're just like, what the fuck is this thing? Like, it's so weird. Like the what the the inside doesn't even seem hollow like what's going on here and yeah it's just literally eating them and then vomiting their blood all over the house yeah it's just like oh i'm done and you're like oh fuck and they like i said they do two really smart metaphor matchups one being the chimp of you can't no matter how much you think you've domesticated yeah. this animal don't, this is a yeah. wild animal yeah and don't uh miss what's the word uh, don't underestimate nature i guess yes and it's just so ironic that ricky is that guy that is like i survived this attack i watched this whole thing happen oh fuck a giant alien ship let me feed it stuff and see how it goes with other people oh it's gonna eat me shit like it's crazy that that occurs and then the other thing being the flashbacks with their father uh yeah. uh of him being like you know how you deal with an alpha predator yeah. you deal some with animals animal. just can't be trained they can't be trained and also you know how do you approach these animals you can't make eye contact with them don't look at them don't do all this stuff yeah. and you watch that play to fruition of a fucking spaceship of like if i don't look at it it's not going to kill me and it works and it's so cool because it's showing like oh i am I'm uh, acknowledging you as the alpha of yeah. this territory. Uh, don't eat me. And it's like, okay, cool. You're like, you know, you're bowing down to me more or less. So like you showed me some respect. Maybe yes. I won't like immediately eviscerate you. Yeah. And it's so cool the way they pull that off. Cause the way that thing is the way that ship functions, it literally, it, everyone inadvertently kills themselves because they have no idea what's that in the sky dude you're making eye contact with it and each time it goes oh shit it's challenging me it's challenging me they're all challenging me because they're Mm -hmm. all fucking looking at it and it's like they're they're very clear that whatever this thing is it's very territorial yeah that's why it's so aggressive and it's also so aggressive because it keeps thinking everyone's challenging him but it's really just they're so in awe or curious of what the fuck are you and I love the fact that it's more or less a giant misunderstanding of just like, mm-hmm. you just don't know how this animal works. And because of that, you're all dying and it's eating you all because you keep un- inadvertently challenging its territory. <laughs> uh, but I did also love the fact that like when this thing would go over areas, it would also just 
destroy the power or like yeah it had this weird like em field which is like also kind of a thing for like ufo um like sightings and stuff it's just like electronics not working right and and stuff like that and just like yeah what if this what if this creature like communicates electromagnetically like maybe that's why so did this movie scare you no i mean maybe like the i did definitely get like freaked out when like the kids were in the alien suits but as soon as he like punches one in the face and he's just like ow i was like what the fuck is going on so at that i think after that point i was more just curious of like what even is happening here so it definitely was creepy at parts and i definitely like i was super tense when they went back to the scene with the uh the chimp like eating people and stuff and like the kid just uh like kid ricky being like hiding under the table and like especially the the moment where the chimp like it sits down and it's like it wipes open it wipes the blood off its face and it just looks over and it notices oh yeah and i'm just like oh shit what's it gonna do and yeah it's just like for whatever reason like at that point it it had calmed down enough and it's like and then he gets like shot <laughs> fucking and shot in the like, head you're like oh like that entire scene was so tense so like there's definitely tense moments yeah but i don't think it's ne- maybe if i was younger i would be scared by it but like that was more intriguing it didn't fuck us it like si- like i got fucked up by signs that movie fucked yeah me for that a while. movie scared the shit out of me i kid. was like the showers <laughs> did i ever tell you about that how i got double fucked by like two movies and that probably doesn't no. come out right. Yeah, so, uh, you know, we grow up in middle school. Uh, we watched Science. I remember watching Science in the school. And that fucked me up because, you know, you see the alien. It looks, re- you know, it, it has that real oh, feeling. Oh, is the other movie like, It? Porf- yes. Do you yeah. get why it fucked me up? Why both of them fucked me up? No, I don't remember. Okay, so here's it in Science. No. All right. So what are the aliens afraid of? What are they? What, exactly. So I'm like, oh, fuck, you just go in the shower and the aliens, you know, don't fuck with you. And then I watch it and the fucking bastard comes out of the shower drain. It's like, bleh, bleh, bleh. and that was the that was the part that scared the shit out of me was the shower scene. So I'm over there like. So <laughs> do you do you, do you know safe? <laughs> Would you, do you go in the shower with the clown or do you go out there with the aliens? Which one do you fucking do? And I'm like a 12 year old kid, like, oh my God, this is the worst thing that could have possibly happened of watching these movies. It was, dude, that, those did fuck me up though. Like middle school was like the extent of me getting, I want to say like freaked out by horror movies. Um, I don't think anything, like the very last one I think was the grudge in eighth grade. That was the last thing that fucked me up. And then, uh, high school had one there was one movie and that was the fourth kind because that was like horrifying creepy yeah alien shit and also it kind of fucked fucked up like not an owl like i couldn't fuck with owls for a while i (laughs) I couldn't fuck with white owls uh for a while after that i was just like god damn it didn't help that like the the court of owls shit happened right after with batman i was like oh no more fucking owls but uh yeah no that i think that was the only other movie that's really fucked me up uh recently um oh wait no no there was uh the only as an adult the only thing that kind of fucked with me a bit was um hereditary yeah i still haven't seen that but i've heard oh, like, i'm not gonna that, t- i've heard <laughs> that movie's like incredibly unsettling <laughs> I, i'll just say this i remember um i was 
it was still at Microsoft and I was, we were having a meeting soon, but I had already finished my work. So I had like this weird, like two to three hour gap. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to go watch Hereditary. So I go to watch Hereditary at the theater. And I just remember there was only a few people in that theater and there was like this couple near me. And we were just at the same time, just like that, the, when, when the scene happens and you, when I see the scene happens, you will know mm. when you watch it, you will know the scene. But when that scene happens, we're just all like this. This is our faces at the theater. We are like zooming in like, no, no, <laughs> that can't. Oh, oh my fuck that. No. And we're all just like, fuck. No, like we're out loud in the theater. Like, fuck that. <laughs> fuck that. No, fuck you. For <laughs> we could not believe they fucking. Yeah. If you watch, you'll know exactly what the hell I'm talking about. Because that shit that that was like as an adult, I'm like. Nah, fuck that. I'd be, I, I would be gone so fucking fast. You would see me out the goddamn window already. If that, mm -hmm. it would be like the fucking cartoon Acme, uh, indenture in the wall. You know, it's like the Wiley e. Coyote, just like hole in the wall. Oh uh, yeah, that's a yeah, lot. <laughs> that would, yeah, that'd be me. That would be me. Like for what I saw there, I was like, nope, not in a million years. Which is why for Nope, I appreciated this movie so much because it was straight up just those people being like, yo, I ain't gonna fuck with that. And I'm like, exactly. Yeah, I wouldn't fuck with that. It'd be like the aliens are right there, and Dude, he's like, yeah. nope, nope. Like, my, like I'm done. My favorite moment was one of my favorite moments was when um, I keep forgetting the main character's name. Um, uh, I, I, that's the thing. So the characters weren't they? They felt like your average people. Everyone in this movie felt like your average people. So you don't really think too much about the name, which is why we're not even talking about them here because they're not really what was important. Like they were fine, but like it's just the concepts about the film itself that really yeah. like, get you in here. But uh, yeah, I, uh Daniel I just, Kalua plays OJ. OJ, then, uh, right. I remember Palmer he had like Emerald. a memorable name. But... Uh, I think he, he called her Emmy though, right? Because her full name is Emerald, but I think her name was like M. Right. Emmy. Yeah. I just, I love the moment where he's like trying to get the van back to the the house or whatever. And the this is like when they're fully into their plan to like try to ca not capture the thing, but like at least get images of it. And he the van like breaks down or not breaks down but like dies like halfway to the house and he for a second he like opens the door and he looks out the thing's like right over him and he's just like nope yep, <laughs> and he, he just closes the, closes the door locks it still too and oh my god yeah. yeah it's so they i think they do such a good job of balancing because it's like you're in such a tense situation. And I will say for me, I was like seeing the aliens that were just the kids for a second. That that was a little freaky. And then um, I think it was the whole like it it ate everyone. Yeah. Uh, at the thing. And that was definitely the turning point the, where I was like, oh, this is going to be a much darker movie than I thought. The, maybe. Yeah. The whole the her the whole rain sequence was where it was just like really fucked up. Because that was like horrifying. Yeah. And you're just like, I can't see it. Dude, that and you poor don't think like, about it tech guy like a... from Fry's is just like, what the fuck is happening? The fact that like it somehow was able to pull off the fear of just seeing something in the clouds, of just something floating through the clouds. And you do get that like so the, interesting the when hair they finally... on the back of your neck going up like, and you're like, oh my God. You, it makes me want to watch that movie again to see if I notice that in the background, there's just like a single cloud that's just like always there. Cause like they do mention that like at a certain point where it's like the tech guy shows up, he like comes back out of nowhere and they're like, Hey, we, we didn't call you angel. Like what that was, what, what's going on? And he's like, oh my God, that cloud is real. That cloud has been there in the exact same position 
for days. Yep. And it's just like, and then they go through the footage and it's like, there's clouds rolling past it. And like this one cloud is just like in the same exact position. And it's like, it's such a simple effect, but it's like, it's so eerie to like you as a person that's like, that's not natural. There's something wrong about this. It's, it's looking, looking at Jordan Peele's, all of his movies, he's done three now and you have get out and get out. Obviously. Yeah. I'm afraid of white people makes sense okay they're gonna take over our bodies <laughs> james i remember yeah. if you do you remember we watched that and i turned to you and i straight up just looked at you at the time at the time i was like my girlfriend's white <laughs> fucking, it was so fucking funny but like that movie utilized that that scariness of just like stereotypes it turns stereotypes of like black versus white into a fucking horror film of like oh god they're gonna take over our bodies invasion of the body snatchers type shit and then you get us and us is like evil clones and somehow turn that into a whole thing and utilize everything from like closed throat talking of like that just in and of itself like <gasps> you're like oh this is weird get me out like they always have some weird thing that's like a very simple a very simple topic style and turn it into this much more insane idea of like how do we turn that into an overall horror movie i think like i love that the name of his studio is monkey paw studio because it's it takes that concept of yeah of just like you think of an idea but what if it was twisted somehow yeah i honestly like um on the rise right now easily of directors because like i always feel like i have two different categories for like actors actresses um filmmakers and it's kind of like the the ones that were of like yeah they were really cool but once they're no longer active i kind of like retire them off my like top list of people because it's like who's currently got your attention right now right and you know clint eastwood's not there anymore i just fucking love cowboy shit and stuff but like he he's not really in it harrison ford's on his way out for like acting and like for directors like obviously um certain directors aren't here either too. And I don't really know how I feel about Nolan anymore at this point. Cause for the longest time for me, like if, if a, like if a Tarantino movie came out, I was like, I need to see it. Yeah. I, I'm still that way now. Actually once upon a time in the West, if not proved everything being like, Oh, he's, he's still really good. Yeah. But like uh, at this point now, yeah, it's like uh, the ones that have been mainstays at, at this point were like Del Toro, Rodriguez, Tarantino. Um, and then like uh, having, nolan used to be i i don't know about nolan anymore just cause I, I still haven't watched tenet same i uh, i didn't like dunkirk dunkirk was like the if it bleeds we can kill it moment for nolan where i was like he's not perfect <laughs> uh and also you know i know people have a lot of complaints about like interstellar and shit but inception and prestige are fantastic y'all can't say shit about those uh not to mention the dark knight trilogy but uh jordan peele and uh i have to look up his fucking name yeah jordan peele literally is one of those act er, directors now that's like if there's a new jordan peele movie coming out i need to see it it's he him and robert eggers are the two now where i'm like if it has their name on it that's all that matters to me at this point i'm excited for the concepts but they have now proven to me that they can do so much now because Robert Eggers, James, we just talked about Northman, which was his movie. Right. That's he why I know the name. He also did The Lighthouse and The Witch. And each of the, honestly, they both have done three movies now and both came out this year. And it's just like, these two are like hand in hand, 
the new like up and coming filmmakers that I'm like, okay, all right. I don't know how much more. It, it, I think like Tarantino is almost done. Del Toro, like, I'm not sure how much more he wants to do. Oh yeah, Del Toro. I think the the thing that interests me both about like um, Peel and Eggers is just like both of those directors consistently have been able to give me movies that make me think about shit and exactly. like it sticks with you for longer than like like i keep mentioning like i love watching the new marvel movies because they're fun to watch but like they don't stick with you for very long it's it's literally just like fun while you're watching it but like i still keep thinking about nope like weeks later because i'm just like damn that was a, f- a fucking cool idea like that was yeah. a cool movie and like same with the northman it's just like damn that was a fucking crazy movie dude exactly they they really make and lighthouse brain on. yeah even if it's like not even like full-on like making you think if it's something that's so just like a spectacle of what you're watching is just like this is just a great memorable. story of ba- yeah once upon a time in the west uh, or once upon a time in hollywood or alita battle angel from uh rodriguez or even fucking like who knows how james cameron's movies are going to come out now and stuff but all these have had a form of purpose where i really feel like i watch something where i'm like yo this is cinema this is mm-hmm. like this is film this this is like really good shit this isn't just blockbuster bullshit and I, yeah I'm, this isn't a movie this is a film yeah and i'm really enjoying it and not to say i don't like blockbusters i don't like just fucking insane action movies because next week i want to talk about bullet train and uh, I, I don't you know, know why. Just, they serve different purposes. Yeah. And I actually have that with Marvel kind of hand in hand because I've realized I, I talk about that Marvel fatigue and bolt train was straight up me out loud going, oh, fuck, this is so nice because I'm so just marveled out. And this came yeah. in fucking was phenomenal to me uh, in a certain sense, even though it's not even a award type movie at all. I. Uh, but we'll talk about that next week, like I said, just because what time are we at now? Yeah, we're done. Uh, yeah, it's almost 11. <laughs> uh, I should go to bed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Nope was a great time. I really liked it in terms of kind like I mean, kind of still doing my rankings for movies right now. And it has been changing a little bit. Uh, the top two have been untouched, but like uh, number one is still the Batman uh number two is everything everywhere all at once which i know for most people i know actually it's reversed most people's top movies is still everything everywhere all at once which i, yeah. I like i said it would be that's probably still my number one for the year because it just I, it spoke to me so personally it's so fucking yeah it, it did so much good stuff and hell i might even switch that in batman by the end of the year i don't really know yet uh to be honest because fucking raccoonie i love the oh, batman raccoonie yeah, it's so really, good it's so good uh but uh, i think after that is still the northman at number three um i think so this is where it gets really hard i'm like i I liked uh what's it called the nicholas cage movie um uh with pedro pascal what was it called um oh the unbearable way to massive talent i totally forgot about that i love that movie but it's starting to i guess looking at it when you think about your top five it's like which ones still stand out to you and i'm like that's the one unfortunately that is now left the top five for me i think nope now is at my top five and number four is still Top Gun Maverick. I think I'm just a little bit biased about Nope because I I'm like super into alien conspiracy shit and the fact that they actually mentioned ancient aliens from the nature oh, from the yes. na- uh, from the uh, National Geographic channel. I was like, yo, they actually talked about that show. I love it. I th- honestly, I think in if it was maybe any of the last three years or something, Nope would be much higher uh, for me. It's just that these, this year is honestly, I, I didn't expect this year is a really good year of film. 
like the Batman. Everything yeah, ever it's been surprisingly once. good. Northman, Top Gun, fucking Maverick. Dude, uh, Top Gun. I like. I just did passed not expect Infinity to like War, Top Gun that much. Uh, in sales. It just it just passed that. I, I honestly kind of want to go back and watch it again in theaters a little bit. If it wasn't for the fact that uh, I, I probably shouldn't, but it just pa- uh, yeah, like Top Gun just passed the Avengers uh, Infinity War. I think. Yeah, I just oh, I just said that. <laughs> oh, okay. My bad. <laughs> you're you're still high you're too high on the danger zone man what are you doing that literally was just like remembering the whole movie just like that was so cool but yeah i think nope is into my top five now um unbearable way of massive talent is probably number seven and i'll talk about number six next week because uh, number six was actually really fucking good with bullet train uh i feel like i should have gone to see it with you because i i was like not interested at all and you have been saying like it's actually fun it was so fucking fun It, it was really really fun uh, but I'll, well, yeah, I'll talk about it next week. But um, uh-huh. yeah, so that's been Sutra Side Talk. Uh, if you want to reach us, email us, send us anything, uh, whether it's feedback, uh, comments on the episode, or if you really just want to ask us a question you want us to answer on a future episode, whether it's related to a topic we're going to talk about or just anything gaming, movie, TV related or just a question, fuck it. Uh, send it to us at SutraSideTalk at gmail.com. It's the title, SutraSideTalk at gmail.com. Uh, you can also follow us on TikTok, very active now, uh, Instagram and Twitter at Sutra Side Talk, all one word together. Uh, and then, of course, you can follow James on Twitter at InvaderJim124. You could follow me on Twitter at GoGoComzilla. All this stuff is in the show notes. All the stuff I just said, you could just find it there on most platforms, including YouTube's show notes. Uh, if you are uh, listening on whatever platform, please subscribe on to that platform. And if it's Apple Podcasts, give us that five star review. If it's Spotify, rate us. And if it's YouTube, give us a like besides subscribing. Uh, next week, we got uh, a show and a movie. We're going to talk about the fourth season of Westworld. Uh, we both watched that, so that's all wrapped up. And I want to talk about Bullet Train because it was a great time. I think those two conversations will be shorter than the two we just had. So maybe Westworld might be a little long. We'll see. Yeah, but, I got some thoughts on Westworld because I'm, I'm so confused by this season. It's just but, so weird. We'll definitely uh, talk about if I think that could be the episode where we can throw in one or two other things uh, off the backlog. We'll see. And then uh, the week after uh, we're recording two episodes next week, but uh, the week after will be uh, the Disney one I've been talking about. So full mm-hmm. animation. Uh, we're going to talk Lightyear, Encanto, Turning Red and the fucking Rescue Rangers movie, uh, which might be the shortest part. We'll see. But uh, it'll be yeah, another whole set of Disney movies. We'll throw that in there. And then um, after that, we'll see. I'll be that the week that one comes out, I'll be in Atlanta for a wedding. Uh, and then uh, we'll see what we want to talk about from there. I know I've been uh, I'll probably talk about the cycle frontier because uh, that's an interesting Tarkov like game that I've been playing a lot of recently. Uh, there is also the current event for Hunt Showdown that I might talk about. And James, you can maybe. If you want to play more Hunt Showdown, we could. Yeah, talk now about your that first, like uh, the season of like Destiny is over, I might be able to play a few games of Hunt this week. Maybe. Yeah, and you could also that you can give your first uh, impressions of it as well and just see how yeah, you feel too. about it. Yeah. But uh, we'll talk about those. Uh, there's plenty of other shit to talk about too. There's a bunch of shows happening. Uh, Sutra Sidewatch, uh, our License to Kill episode came out last week, and. Uh, the next episode we're going to do is either going to be on the Akira Kurosawa film, Yojimbo, or we will be doing uh, Sugarland Express, which was the first theatrical debut of Steven Spielberg as a director. Um, it'll be one of those two, depending on scheduling. We're just, it, it literally depends on uh, who we can get, if they can appear. 
Uh, and then, like I said, when Harley Quinn season three ends, you will see us do a Cut of Steel episode about all three seasons plus the comic book tie-in for that. So hmm. that'll be a good time. Uh, other than that, guys, we will catch you next week. So long. Thanks for listening. <laughs>